You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You can call me Bruce. Bruce Nolan is standing by. Hey, wacky Bruce! Coming to you from an undisclosed location, this is the Bruce Exclusive. And here's your host, Bruce Nolan. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome. To another edition of the Bruce Exclusive, I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back. I am welcoming you to a pod that I did not think I was going to have to record, but yet here we are. When there's breaking news, your guys at Buffalo Rumblings have you covered. I just got done listening to the Dion Dawkins podcast press conference virtually after he signed a four-year $60 million extension with the Buffalo Bills earlier today to be their franchise left tackle moving forward. There was a debate earlier this offseason as to whether or not Matt Milano or Deion Dawkins would get signed first, whether or not either one of them would get signed, and now we have an answer to that question. At the time of this recording, which is 6.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursday, August 13th, we do not have the details of Deion Dawkins' contract. However, the four years and $60 million put him at a $15 million average annual value, which puts him just below the top tier of left tackles in this league. The number one paid left tackle in the league and in terms of average annual value is Laramie Tunsil at 22 million, then Lane Johnson who's a right tackle at 18 million, Anthony Costanzo is 16 and a half million, Trent Brown 16 and a half million, Taylor Dewan is 16 million, Nate Solder is 15 and a half million, and then Deion Dawkins comes in at 15 million right there with DJ Humphreys who's just a smidge below that. So, Jack Conklin was recently signed as a free agent. And he got $14 million, which I thought was actually a little bit lower than I was expecting to get from Jack Conklin. So it makes Deion Dawkins a top 10 left tackle in terms of salary. So it should be noted that I do not think Deion Dawkins is a top 10 left tackle. This contract is a projection contract. This is a contract that the Bills are hoping Deion Dawkins lives up to. Because he's currently getting paid in the realm of average annual value around players who I would argue are better than him. But when you sign people to longer contracts, four, five, six years, you're doing it with the understanding 
that early on in the contract, they will very likely be overpaid. And later in the contract, they will likely be underpaid. And that's what you hope as an organization when you sign someone to that contract. You hope you're signing an ascending player who by year three of their contract, they might spend the first two years maybe a little overpaid, maybe the first year a little overpaid. But the back three or the back two years, they'll spend being underpaid relative to the market and relative to their own talents. Deion Dawkins is not getting paid based on what he did before. He's getting paid on what they think he will do moving forward. And Deion Dawkins is an ascending player. I think it's reasonable to assume that he could become a top 10 left tackle in this league. He's still getting better. If you look at him on the tape in 2019 versus 2018, he was better in 19. And he openly talked about that in his press conference. He said flat out, I had an all pro next to me during my rookie year in 2017. And then when I didn't have an all pro next to me in 2018, nothing to take anything away from Vladimir Dukas because he's politer than I am. But when he had Vladimir Dukas playing next to him, it wasn't the same. And all of the kind of erasing that Richie Incognito was able to do because how good he was at left guard. Vladimir Dukas wasn't able to do. And so Deion Dawkins got exposed more. And he's like, man, I got to step up. And he did. He responded. He became a team captain in his third year. I am perfectly fine with this contract extension on those terms. I think he's a better player than DJ Humphreys, who signed for basically the same amount of money, but a shorter contract. So if I'm the organization, and I'm going to sign a left tackle to a $15 million a year contract, I'd prefer it to be someone who's better and sign them at that rate for longer. So I think the Deion Dawkins contract is better than the DJ Humphreys contract in two ways. Number one, I think he's a better player. Number two, it's longer. So you're getting him at that market rate, which we established will likely be an underpayment two years from now. You're getting him at that market rate for longer. So I think it's a win comparable to that contract right now. So where does this leave the Bills as far as salary cap, things like that? Can they still sign Matt Milano? Yeah, they can still sign Matt Milano. One of the things that's going around Twitter right now as a result of the rash of re-signings that we've seen, specifically with the Chiefs, is that the salary cap is a myth. Yeah, salary cap doesn't matter. You can sign anybody you want. Salary cap's not real. You're wrong. The salary cap is, is, is real. It's a real thing. Look at the structure of the contracts that the Chiefs players are signing. Most of them include zero new money year one, which is how they're able to do it. Well, they only had $177 of cap space, and they could do it, yes, because the structure of the contracts allow them to do so. But that doesn't mean that that money's just gone. There will be a ramification. Well, you can always restructure people. Yes, yes. A lot of times you can restructure people. And every time you do a restructure, unless it's a stray pay cut, if you do a restructure, you're just moving the consequence. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying you can manipulate it, but every manipulation has consequences. 
There's a reason why not a single person who works at Spotrack or over the cap or does the cap work for PFF, not a single one of them thinks the salary cap isn't real. Because they work with it every day. And they see the ramifications of that. So there's plenty of NFL writers right now who are on Twitter and fans who are jumping in here and saying, oh, the salary cap isn't real. The next time you see a GM complain they don't have salary cap space, just remember the salary cap isn't real. The salary cap's real. Ask Doug Whaley if the salary cap is real. Ask Brandon Bean if the salary cap is real. Ask anyone who studies it for a living if the salary cap is real. The salary cap is real. Tomorrow, on my 53-man roster, reluctant 53-man roster projection pod, I'm going to specifically talk about a couple of the maneuvers that might need to be necessary for the Bills in order to make sure they have money to be able to potentially re-sign Matt Milano. But Deion Dawkins is a good left tackle in this league. I don't think he's a great left tackle in this league, but there's a reasonable chance he could be moving forward. And if he's not, $15 million a year is not a horrible overpay. Now, again, I need to see the details. And at the time of this recording, I don't see the details. So I don't know if it's one year and then let's see. I don't know if it's two years and then let's see. I know that historically the Buffalo Bills have structured their contracts with large roster bonuses year one to be able to keep the cap hits very stable year two, year three, year four to keep them flexible longer and not keep kicking the can down the road as it comes to restructures and cap hits where you have to eat fat amounts of dead money if you want to get rid of somebody. I know that's typically the way they do things, but I do not know what it looks like in this case. But I do know D.N. Dawkins is a good left tackle, and he's being paid like a very good left tackle. That doesn't necessarily mean there's a huge distinction. You're not always going to be able to pay somebody exactly the market rate for a player that they are. You're not always going to be able to pay good players just good contracts. Sometimes you got to pay good players very good contracts. The problem that you run into is when you pay average players elite contracts, and they never live up to them. And that's what I want to talk about with Deion Dawkins and specifically what he said in his press conference. I'm bringing it all the way back around. We're looping back to the beginning now, folks, because that's the way we tell stories here on the Bruce Exclusive. We we Tarantino it, we start at the end, and we jump around, and, and now we're going to loop all the way back to the beginning. We foreshadowed this point. But the thing that really stuck out to me about Deion Dawkins' press conference was he said, gotta go earn it. Gotta go earn it. This idea that he's not being paid based on what he did. Not, I deserve this because of what I've done. I've earned this. Look at what I have accomplished. I have now reached my pinnacle as an athlete. He called his mother. His mother said, you did it. He said, no, I didn't. This is just a step. This is a step in the process. I haven't done it yet. I am doing it. There's a big difference between active verbs and passive verbs. I am doing it or I have done it. Have done it implies that the done part is over with. It is completed. I beat the game. The final boss was hard. Dr. Wiley has been slain. That's not what is going on here. What's going on is it's part of the process. I know I dropped the P word, but he dropped the P word and he dropped the L word, love, about how his teammates have reacted to him. 
The last thing I want to talk about is when Deion Dawkins was asked by Sal Capaccio, WGR, that, you know, hey, you know, you, Deion and, and Matt Milano, Trey, you guys aren't making a lot of noise about your contracts. And Deion Dawkins said to the effect of, they knew who we were when they drafted us. This goes back to Brandon Bean. Now, I know Brandon B. wasn't here when Deion Dawkins was drafted, but it goes back to the front office in general. Sean McDermott made those picks. It goes back to knowing the type of individuals that you're drafting and knowing that when you draft them, you're signing up for that character for the next couple of years. You're signing up for that person in your building, that person in your locker room. And so you send messages to your locker room by who you acquire and who you pay. Brandon Bean has said that before. They notice who you pay. And Deion Dawkins getting paid is a good thing from a culture standpoint. It's a good thing from a locker room personality standpoint. It's also a good thing because left tackles are hard to come by. We have an offensive line crisis in the NFL right now. Did that potentially affect the Buffalo Bills' ability to determine whether or not they wanted to sign Deion Dawkins or Matt Milano first? Maybe. I've said it before. I think Matt Milano is a better linebacker than Deion Dawkins is a left tackle. But Deion Dawkins plays a more premium position and a position with higher amounts of scarcity. Because scarcity is part of value. Think about the economics classes you took in high school and college. Think about the supply and demand curves. The supply of good left tackles is not high. It's the reason why DJ Humphreys, who I think is an inferior player to Deion Dawkins, got almost the same amount of money per year and a shorter contract. It is because there is a scarcity at left tackle. So even if you think like I do, that Deion Dawkins is a good left tackle who's now being paid like a very good left tackle, and maybe that creates some consternation for you. There is other factors at play here. There is the locker room culture at play here. There is the scarcity of the position at play here. There is the fact that you don't want to screw around when you're trying to develop a quarterback at play here. Those are other factors that go into this decision, not just, hey, I'm just going to line up a very good player with a very good contract and a good player with a good contract and an elite player with an elite contract. Ideally, yes, you'd like to do that. In a perfect world, that's how that would work. But we don't live in a perfect world. And I'm perfectly reasonable with this contract. And I have no problem. You guys know by now, I have no problem hating on the Bills when they do something I'm not a fan of. Because that's intellectually dishonest for me to not do. If I'm just a fanboy all the time, then what's the point? But I'm a fan of this move. Because, you know, you should already know that I'm a fan of this move. That's right. I dropped it in. I did it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me for this 15-minute episode of the Bruce Exclusive. Come back tomorrow for the normal Friday episode of the Bruce Exclusive, where I will do a 53-man roster projection that I recorded yesterday. And I may have referenced something about Deion Dawkins potentially signing an extension for $15 million because I'm Nostra Brucis. Brewster Damas? Yeah. Yeah. Brewster Damas, right? Clearly that's the better word. All right, cool. Well, that's the way the cookie crumbles. 
I'm Bruce Nolan, Buffalo Rumblings.